Hey, beer nerds, prost, and welcome to this seasonal episode of the podcast. Who has time for intro music when we can get straight to the interview? Steve Hawley from Kansas City Beer Company talks about his love uh, for German beers and his brewery's promise to create only beers that adhere uh, to German purity laws, or at least as close to them as possible. Reinheitsgebot. Since Oktoberfest is right around the corner, we figured you'd want to hear from them. As we're recording this, Oktoberfest season is just about upon us here in a little bit, and I'm happy to be joined now by somebody in Kansas City that kind of believes he has that uh, uh, pretty honed in, and that's Steve Hawley from Kansas City Beer Company. Um, Steve, thanks for thanks for taking the time to talk today. Uh, glad to be here. So Kansas City Beer Company started in about 2014, I believe. Um, it's, it's, it's an interesting concept because basically the brewery's mission is to brew authentic tasting German style beer um, and, and pr- pretty much deliver it to customers using the same character, flavor and, and freshness as one might find in, in Germany. Is that just about sum it up? Uh, that, that's exactly it. I studied German in high school and college uh, and I studied abroad for one semester and I, I liked beer before I went to Germany. I was a typical college student, but I got introduced to fresh German beer uh, something that I uh, always enjoyed, the beer styles that I was able to drink when I was a student, but uh, coming to the United States, not that available. Uh, I made some trips back to Germany in the early 90s, sort of rekindled my interest in German beer, and, and I started home brewing in that time. But uh, it's, it's very difficult to get a, um, a fresh German beer in the United States. It's someplace that sells a lot of the same beer, so it turns over fast enough. So Germans make great beer, but it's not always fresh when it gets to the United States. So we basically import the ingredients. Uh, all of our malt and hops comes from Bavaria. Our brew house is set up to brew beers in traditional uh, German brewing method with decoction mashing to uh, tank fermentation and conditioning. So uh and myself and our head brewer both went to school in, in uh, Germany at German's Academy. So, yes, we're trying to execute some traditional recipes, create that authentic flavor with our methods and our ingredients. And then because we're local and we distribute in a small radius around Kansas City, uh, people can enjoy that beer as fresh as if they were sitting in a Munich beer garden. Have you ever gone outside of the realm of Reinheitsgebot? Uh, yes, I, yes, we, we have, and that's not something crazy, but the brewers have a time or two put uh, our beer in like a whiskey barrel or something. So technically, uh, it, it was right nights good before it went into the, into the, t- uh, the barrel, but it wasn't when it came out. So in those instances, I like to tell people this is not really beer according to German definition, but and sometimes we've had a little fun with making people wear a dunce hat or something that says Reinheitsgebot to Blecher or uh, or uh, Reinheitsgebot violator on their hat. But uh, we, we're not strict with that, and I, I don't begrudge anybody that doesn't use the Reinheitsgebot, but we want to make authentic beer. That is part of that brewing tradition, and by following uh, that um uh, tradition, if you want to call it that, we create a beer, a group of beers that are distinct from what other people are doing that aren't following that. So 
I think some people think, oh, you guys are really limited. You don't create um, a lot of beer styles. And that's probably true compared to some of our peers. But at the end of the day, for the consumer in Kansas City, because we make beer this very sort of narrow way, it does, in fact, create more variety on the shelf because it's a unique product by the way we, we brew it. Yeah, I mean, you, you opened in, in 2014, and, and granted, that was kind of before the, the age of hazy IPAs. Um, but I, I think it, I think we're seeing a trend uh, in a shift towards, um, quote-unquote, beer beer. Uh, I know a bunch of brewers that are pretty much only drinking lagers and pilsners at this point. Um, so have your sales over the years kind of reflected that trend? Well, our sale our sales have been increasing. They're they're going up about twenty five percent this year, about twenty percent last year, and we had double digit growth early on. But it's slowing as we get bigger. But we have one monster beer style, uh, our brown Munich style lager, Dunkel. That's nearly two thirds of all the beer we sell, and uh, we have three other core brands that are year round. A uh, Pilsner, a Hellas, Munich-style lager, and a Pale Hefeweizen. And I still think there is prejudice against <clears throat> the Pale lager. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, uh, I think our Dunkel, which is a great beer, uh, was the beer that every bar owner wanted to try because they looked at our lineup when we first opened. There's three pale beers and one dark one. That dark one looks a lot more crafty than... A pale lager. That's not really what craft brewers make. So everybody started trying the Dunkel, and then it, it is it is very good, and people like the um, unique malt character of it. And it, I think it was just a, a continuous cycle. What's the best selling beer? The Casey Beer Co. had Dunkel. Okay, we'll put that on and try it, and it was looks good. But it's unusual um, that I think a dark beer would be found favor over a a pale beer, but I, I think there is a prejudice. That is, that's that craft beer. Um, and then I do feel that when people do drink our <clears throat> pale lagers, it doesn't taste like a domestic lager to some people. And so they're not one over. And then the people that are really into extreme um, beers and expect uh, craft beer to have some unique thing in it, uh, they find it lacking. Although, I think when brewers come visit our breweries, that's what they drink. I know that's what our brewers drink and the people that work here uh, drink the Pilsner and the Hellas Lager. Uh, more. Almost nobody that works at the brewery drinks Dunkel, which is sort of people can't believe it when I tell consumers that, but that's kind of what, what happens. No, I, I understand it. Um, you, you hit on it a little bit uh, a few minutes ago, but can you describe your brewery and taproom? Because I've never been there. Uh, and by taproom, I, I guess I mean beer hall, by the way. Yeah, so... Uh, we, we are primarily a wholesale brewery. Uh, about 95% of all the beer we sell is through wholesale distribution. About 5% occurs on site. So we make German style beer. And with that, we want to uh, reinforce that we are serious about doing it the right way. So we have a, a beer hall with communal, uh, communal tables where people sit together. Uh, we have a very, uh, Munich style beer garden with tables from Germany and it's a very family friendly place on a Saturday afternoon we'll have lots of young families with kids there, uh, people from all ages, grandparents, parents kids, uh, so it's a very different atmosphere but we wanted to bring that 
cultural aspect of beer drinking along with the, the styles that we make. So I, so that's the kind of way we're set up. We don't have a lot of menu items, but the stuff we do have, I think it's very authentic. We import our pretzels from Munich, and uh, we have some very traditional sausages, and then usually we have one main dish a day um, that's offered uh, over the course of the week, different one. Uh, like a schnitzel or, um, you know, goulash or, or something that uh, you typically find on a German menu. And then the rest of the building is, is the brewery. So about 10% of the total space in our building is, is the tasting room. Uh, we have a four-vessel brew house, a mash kettle, wart kettle, whirlpool, and a louder ton. Uh, we have two-stage fermentation and lagering, which I don't know anybody uh, between here in Denver or here in St. Louis that does that. And so we ferment in one tank and we transfer it to a flat-bottom tank for the conditioning phase for our lagers. And um, so that's one of the things very um, traditional. Our beers are naturally carbonated. Uh, Most people don't know that Carbon dioxide is an ingredient unless you're capturing from the brewing process. If you force carbonate a beer uh, with industrial CO2, that's that's a violation of the of the Reinheitsgebot. By definition, what what a brewer would have to do in Germany to put that tag on their on their label. Is Kansas City's history pretty rich in, in German culture? Well, it's it's in the heart of the Midwest and the Midwest was uh, settled heavily by by German and German farmers, especially. Uh, the big three are Milwaukee, number one, Cincinnati, two, and St. Louis, uh, number three. So Kansas City doesn't have a German uh, history as some of those cities do, or in Minnesota or Wisconsin. But uh, yeah, there's there's a I've seen some census data. If, if they took a poll of all the people in Kansas City and they had a name, an ethnic group that they are attached to, German would still be the largest. I, uh, I also got a chance to read some some blogs that you published on the brewery's website. And one interesting ability that I noticed that you were able to do is that you're able to tie in um, brewing recipes with the cultural significance of their time. Uh, what comes to mind is um, why you all refer to your fest beer being a Vienna-style lager uh, as opposed to a Martzen. Can you kind of, kind of just speak on that a little bit? Well, beer styles are, are a subjective thing, but um, uh, yeah, I just think that our, our beer is a little bit lighter in color and a little bit lighter in body. And what the typical Märzen Oktoberfest beer, a, a darker kind of amber lager. So I chose to name it a Vienna lager because I, I felt like it fit the style uh, better. The, the styles are very similar, but um, the brewing improvements in the early 1800s with um, kilning that allowed paler malt to be created and and Anton Dreyer was one of those from Vienna that was involved with some of that brewing revolution. And that's kind of the beer to develop. It's kind of faded away. A lot of people refer to Mexican lagers, the, the amber lagers, as the, some of the remaining examples of that. But, yeah, we kind of recreated that. We called it the Vienna lager instead of a, a Merrickson Oktoberfest. 
Totally. Um, and you're putting on an Oktoberfest that is, to my understanding, fairly authentic and fairly large. Um, <clears throat> when is that, and, and how many people do you expect? So the Oktoberfest takes place uh, Friday night and Saturday, October 4th and 5th, and it is in Kansas City at uh, Crown Center, which is uh, basically uh, part of the Hallmark Cards uh, campus. Uh, Hallmark Cards and Mixed Green Cards is based in Kansas City. But it's an open plaza where we're going to set up tents, as we did last year. We'll have two uh, large tents with music stages in each. We'll have covered seating in those two tents, and we have a special beer tent and some others for about 2,000 people. And the benches that people will sit on will be benches. They won't be folding tables. So uh, when you come here, you can um, have fun like you're in Munich. You can stand on your on your chair, on your table bench, I mean, and sing to the music, sway, dance with your friends. So we have a mixture of more traditional music for people that might like the waltz and polka, and in the evening, uh, the German-style bands are very high-energy uh, to get the crowd moving. And then, of course, we're serving our beer. Uh, five mainstays are our fest beer, our seasonal, and then our four core brands, Hellas, Lager, Pilsner, um, Hefeweizen, and Dunkel. And then we'll have some good food vendors, and we'll be providing food, food also with a mixture of both American and uh, German uh, cuisine. What is, what's your favorite Oktoberfest beer not made by you all? Oh boy, I haven't tried many of them lately. I used to, I used to like Polaner and and Spaten. I would have to say now I was at Oktoberfest two years ago and I was in the Spaten tent and it ah. was totally delicious. But most people don't know that the beer we get from Germany called Oktoberfest is not what they serve at Oktoberfest. Uh, they make a beer in Germany called Wiesen beer, and Polaner started that in the 70s. It's actually a, a higher alcohol beer like the normal Oktoberfest that we get here, five and a half to six percent, but it's pale in color. So it's it's like a strong uh, pale lager beer. And I think people have preferred that when they're drinking a lot and have felt that it's, it, 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 you're able to consume more beer uh, with a lighter body beer. What's uh, what's the best beer city in Germany? This could get me in trouble. Uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> well, it's, it's just but it's just I, you and me talking right yeah. now. So, <laughs> you know, so I, you know, I've, I've been to Cologne and I've been to to uh, Dusseldorf that have distinct uh, brewing cultures and traditions, but certainly my favorite is is Munich. Uh, just the, the beer culture, the the many many. Uh, breweries that are there, the beer gardens. I just love to sit in a beer garden on a nice day, or uh, the beer halls. Um, it's 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 a great place. I've visited Munich many many times, and before we opened the brewery, I made many many trips with some friends and brewers, and toured a lot of breweries and helped with my research uh, for the recipes and the methods that we were going to brew our beer with. Well, and, and speaking of which, somebody on your staff is German, correct? Oh, yeah. My uh, my biggest partner, uh, Jürgen Hager, 
is from Bavaria. Now, he's not a brewer. Uh, he's on the sales side, but uh, he was very important, especially when we were opening up in terms of the beer hall and the menu that we were building. And I've been in Germany a lot and I'm familiar with the German menu. But, yeah, we have two, two Germans uh, uh, that work here, including Jürgen. And, I mean, t- today we're looking at uh, getting a new sausage vendor and we were we were testing sausages, and I was asking them, and we were talking about does it need more nutmeg or this or that. So I think that we really want to reinforce that our beer is authentic and that we understand the culture. And so from the food to the way the beer garden set up, we want people to see that we're familiar with the, with the beer, not only the beer but but the culture. How do you uh, how do you like your schnitzel? Uh, Vienna style with. Uh, you know, just a, a crispy golden uh, crust served with capers or, or lemons. Uh, what people like to eat here is the Jaeger schnitzel that's got the mushroom gravy on it. And I'm not, I'm not a super big gravy person. Zigoyner schnitzel is pretty big here. So what's what's next besides the Oktoberfest? Looking past that into 2020, what uh, what big developments do you anticipate um, KC Beer Company having? So we expanded our territory quite a bit uh, last year in our brewing capacity uh, a lot over the last three or four years. We went from a 10,000 square foot uh, footprint, and it's now about 27,000 feet. So we spent a lot of money. We basically filled the brewery up with as many tanks as we can get right now. So we're going to do about 16,500 barrels of production this year, and we can probably get to 22, 23 in this building. So then... Uh, that becomes a major decision point. This is a, a, a difficult market right now with so many breweries opening, and it's hard to go outside your local regional area because when you, like, we go to St. Louis, there's a ton of, of breweries there. You're not local. I think it's hard to establish yourself, and the large national brewers are seeing that. Um, we have a large brewery here in Kansas City Boulevard. I think they're experiencing the difficulty maintaining sales in outlying markets, but Sierra Nevada and New Belgium are all experiencing that too. So to expand a brewery these days is, I think, much more risky than it was five or ten years ago. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we would like to keep growing, so we'll we'll see how that that works out. Steve, I don't want to take up any more of your time, so I appreciate you coming on and and letting us know a little bit more about Kansas City Beer Company. Sure. Well, you're welcome. Thank you.